2: Welcome
3: to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
4: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Oh, good afternoon. Hey, greetings. Thanks for coming along today. The Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. I hope that wherever you are, the day has been a good day and that you are making your way home. And uh, the next two hours, Kathy and I, we have a variety of topics and conversations that we hope will uh, at least make you smile and perhaps enlighten you as well. Kath, good to see you again. We are uh, Zooming from the spare rooms.
5: Yeah, it's the uh, continuing spare room edition uh, with the uh, COVID extension Mm -hmm. on it, John. That's what this week is. And hopefully uh, I plan on being back in the studio uh, Friday.
4: Okay, Friday, Friday, Monday, whenever, right? You get back in there.
5: I mean, all I can tell you is that uh, my husband is much better. He was quite ill with COVID and he's just bouncing back.
4: What do you think? So uh, the the arc of oh I tested positive to falling into the pit of sickness to oh uh, it was about 12 and- hours. Really?
5: Yeah. 12 hours. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't the precipitous decline of it scared the living heck out of me.
4: All this while you were witnessing it uh, in your home. Right. Okay. I'm so sure then- people
5: who I'm sure people who've had covid know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, it's like he got sick so
4: fast. Really? And then how long was he sick badly?
5: Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see Tuesday. So I would say he started to come around on Sunday or maybe it was Monday. So I'd say he was very sick for 5 days. 5 days. Tuesday, uh-huh. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 5 or 6 days.
4: So he started to come back around on Sunday.
5: Sun- yeah, Sunday. Monday was a big leap forward too because Sunday, picture this. He could not stay awake for the second half of the Kansas city Buffalo game. Oh, that tells you you how sick of a person he is. Mm, He's a huge football fan. And at halftime, first of all, he was barely staying awake in the second quarter. And at halftime, he said, I think I have to go to bed. And I Mm. thought, well, that's really saying something because this is like the greatest game. And at that point we had no idea how great of a game it was going to become.
4: I mean, when you give up, the only time I ever give up in a game is whenever I've had way too much chips and dip. (laughs) and then you just kind of go i've had it i'm going to bed and i would not generally care about the game but yeah yeah it's a Mm -hmm. real thing anyway god bless him so he's back on the he's back on the mend
5: he is he is back on the mend very grateful about it and how's your chip and chips and dip consumption going (laughs) good good because i know your wife's traveling and so i just wondered if you if things had kind of if you are maintaining good nutritional health or maybe things I am off cliff. not
4: particularly great nutritional health, but, you know, okay. it's enough. I'm certainly got enough to sustain me for the duration. There's no doubt about that. And I do have a bag. I got a bag of uh, barbecue Fritos in the uh, kitchen. Uh, cupboard.
5: Things. Again, the th- I've never had them.
4: <laughs> I've never
5: in my life tasted a barbecue Frito. But, you know, what my new fascination is mm. the honey barbecue Utz potato chips, oh. which I have to highly recommend. John.
4: I've had them. Mm-hmm. aren't yeah. don't you think it's a it's good choice it's a good texture, oh, yeah, a good a texture
5: good nice yeah. combination of the, the sweet the feel and hot of the, of the feel of the chip and the sweet and the hot
4: mm-hmm. i give it high one. marks the Utz chip now is that like you know from your neck of the woods the is it lancaster
5: yeah. lancaster area mm-hmm.
4: yeah somewhere out there right yeah uh-huh. local um
5: Hanover uh pretzels are from out there too
4: Remember, we had somebody on the show years ago that they talked about like the 500 plus varieties of local chips across the country.
5: Yes. That, I, that was a good segment. I like yeah. that.
4: Everybody has like their local chip. And sure. you know, And I think I made a pledge at that time to, to try to have as many local chips as possible.
5: How have you done?
4: Well, I've come to my senses because <laughs> I ran out of, you know, belt holes. And then right. come back the other way is what I'm saying. So, but that is a worthy goal because, you know, he, oh, all 30 major league ballparks. That's good. I mean, people do that. Yeah, but,
5: but I mean, let's talk about something that really makes a difference. 500 a plus
4: regional chips. I mean, that's a goal. Sure. Anyway,
5: and one that I admire.
4: Right. We digest or I say we digress as we always do. Calf, please uh, give us the news stories of the day. Without further ado, the top four at four.
5: For Wednesday, January 26th, 2022, here we go. Number one, John. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring, giving President Joe Biden an opening. He has pledged to fill by naming the first black woman to the high court, two sources told the AP Today. Breyer, who is 83 years old, has been a justice since 1994, appointed by Bill Clinton, Along with the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, he opted not to step down the last time the Democrats controlled the White House and the Senate during Barack Obama's presidency. As we all know, Ginsburg died in September of 2020, and then President Donald Trump filled the vacancy with Amy Coney Barrett. Breyer's departure, expected over the summer, won't change the 6-3 conservative advantage on the court, most likely because his replacement will be nominated by Biden and almost certainly confirmed by a Senate where Democrats have the slimmest of majorities. It also makes conservative Justice Clarence Thomas the oldest member at 73.
4: What if he surprised somebody, though, and said, oh, I'm going to nominate a conservative a black woman? <laughs>
5: right. but Well, I mean. We what? Yeah. I. Mean, Clarence Thomas has shown us what happens when you're a conservative black person at the highest levels of uh, the court. Number two. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says the U.S. has delivered a written response to Moscow's demands amid Russia's military buildup near Ukraine. Quote, there are important things to work with if Russia's serious about working with them and it's up to President Putin and we'll see how they respond, Blinken said at the State Department today. According to CBS News, the response to Russia coordinated with Ukraine and European allies outlines concerns about the things which the U.S. and its allies believe Russia is doing to undermine security and stability. It also evaluates russia's concerns and includes the u.s's own proposals for common ground the u.s response emphasizes ukraine's sovereignty and quote all told lincoln said it sets out a serious diplomatic path forward should russia choose it number three A major winter storm is set to slam parts of the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast on Saturday with serious snowfall, strong to damaging winds, blizzard conditions and coastal flooding. The odds of the double digit snow totals, you heard me right, double digit snow totals, but not here in Pittsburgh, are climbing. But if you live in eastern New England, Boston, Providence, Portland, Maine. They're in line for a lot of snow. According to the Washington Post, a similar story could unfold in New York, but uncertainty remains because computer model simulations drop anywhere between, you ready, two inches and two feet of snow in New York. Give or take. take. (laughs) (laughs) Lesser snowfall expected in Philadelphia and Washington and probably even less here in Pittsburgh. The storm hasn't even formed yet and won't until Friday, but its rate of rapid strengthening will easily qualify it as a bomb cyclone. Come on, Bomb Cyclone. That's a great cyclone. band name, don't you think? Bomb Cyclone.
4: What is it? Every time it snows, it comes out like a larger and larger verbiage to scare us about what's coming our way. The Bomb Cyclone.
5: Boy, you're it? grumpy. But to cheer you, you up, sn- I have a great okay. animal story. So check this out. Number four. According to Petapixel.com, Jonathan, one of the giant tortoises that lives on the remote island of St. Helena in the Seychelles, has had a birthday. Jonathan has turned... 190. Wow, That's not 119. 190, making him the world's oldest oldest tortoise to ever live. Jonathan is a giant Seychelles tortoise who arrived at St. Helena by ship in 1882 as a gift to the island from British colonial administrator Sir William Gray Wilson. Jonathan was fully grown at his arrival at the age of 50, so experts estimate his hatching year at about 1832. Jonathan's age photos of him span over 136 years. Jonathan is now mostly blind due to cataracts and has lost his sense of smell, but he knows his territory so well that he moves about the large paddock and grazes the grass with no problems. Jonathan also still loves his pears, guava, carrots, apples, and bananas, and at the age as I said of 190, still often mates with a couple of the four giant Indian Ocean tortoises who live with him in the paddock of the governor's residence. And that is it's your top four of
4: four. All right. All creatures, great and small. <laughs> go, that's Jonathan. great.
5: There's no small ones
4: there. Uh, let us take a quick break. When we do come back, uh Pastor Josh Brown will be with us. The threefold office of Jesus we will go there next. With Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, it's The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. That's W-O-R-D.
6: One point five W O R D.
3: How wide is God's mercy? How many people will make it to heaven? What about those who may die without hearing the gospel? Does God make exceptions for good people who never completely understand what Jesus did on the cross? Find out just how great the saving grace of God is in John MacArthur's study, Delivered
7: by God on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Are you more than $10,000 in debt? Feel like you're on a never-ending treadmill, staying in one place and never getting ahead with those minimum payments? You feel like there's no way out? Don't let the credit card companies bully you anymore. There are programs in place to help you get free of your debt, and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. The program at Total Financial Freedom can help you get debt free in months instead of decades. Get off the debt treadmill and stop the harassment. Get free of credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and medical bills. Call now at 800-949-3010 for free information. For about 10 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, too. Get off the endless cycle without having to declare bankruptcy. You'll have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Call Total Financial now at 800-949-3010. 800-949-3010. That's 800-949-3010.
2: There is hope, but how will they know unless we tell them? Every day, Cornerstone TV bridges that gap, connecting viewers with Jesus and answers for life. Join us for an important moment to launch, build, and fund our 2022 outreach with Jerry Grillo, Kenan Bridges, Bill Themaleris, Mike Smalley, Jay Gilbert, and more. Watch Bridge of Hope January 24th through 28th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small
3: stuff. For over
1: 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7, 365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Research shows that people remember radio ads with lots of sound effects. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here are some zany sounds. Saving on home insurance is no laughing matter. Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. The money you save could change your life. It's time for you to take your insurance choice seriously. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty,
3: Liberty, Liberty, Liberty.
4: Jesus is prophet. Jesus is priest. Jesus is King. It's called the threefold office of Jesus. And here to talk to us about the threefold office of Jesus is Pastor Josh Brown. Josh joins us from Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Pastor, welcome back to the show. Happy January to you. John, Kathy, thanks for having me once again. I hope you're doing well. We are. Thank you.
5: So Josh, the threefold office of Jesus probably isn't a term that um, the average congregant at a local church is familiar with. Um, so why don't you tell us about it and where like what's what the source is where it comes from
8: sure it's a it's a very uh, important um, way to think about Jesus and I, and more than that, I think it's a very helpful way to think about Jesus, but you're right. it's probably not a term that people are readily familiar with. And if you want to really get down in the weeds, you can give them the official theological term, which is the munis triplex. That's the, <laughs> that's the threefold office of Jesus. So mm. you really want to throw people use that one. But uh, the concept is pretty simple. Even if the term is one people haven't heard of, the concept is pretty simple. And it is to say that uh, the roles that Jesus fills are the ones that we see in Scripture and that we see throughout Scripture— and all the ones that point to him, and those are the ideas of him being a prophet, a priest, and a king. And uh, this is something that is it's emphasized a lot in Reformed theology and the particular theological tradition I'm a part of, but it's not unique to that, um, and it's a way of showing how all of the Bible really—it's it's yet another way of showing how all of Scripture really fits together and how all of it points to Jesus.
4: I see. So, Josh— Could you take a a few minutes and, you know, as we look at prophet, priest, king, could you illustrate where we would see Jesus? I mean, I'm I'm interested in Jesus as the prophet. How do we call him that? How does he show himself to be a prophet?
8: Sure. Well, you want to start even, of course, back further than that. And in the Old Testament, the reason that you look at those particular categories are in in the Old Testament, those were the three uh, people who were anointed, Uh, to do a particular work for God or for the people of God. uh, So you had the prophets who were anointed, you had the priests who were anointed, and you had the kings who were anointed. And then with Jesus, uh, either the Greek word Christ or the Hebrew word Messiah, they both mean the anointed one. So um, there's a way, we've talked about this, I know, before on the show, but there's a way in which all of Scripture points us to Jesus, either directly or indirectly. Um, And so in these Old Testament institutions and in these Old Testament people, you saw that they were pointing they were all pointing ahead of themselves to the one person who would be able to come and do those things perfectly and fully and completely. So that's a little background for that and with the prophets then you had those who were not just fortune or uh, you know future tellers I think some people sometimes limited to this idea of telling the future but the prophets were those who were there to announce God's word to God's people to speak authoritatively on behalf of God to the people of God. Uh, to call them to faith and repentance, to tell them what it is God was was revealing to them. You had the priests then whose job was to intercede uh, on behalf of the people, to offer up prayers and sacrifices to God, uh, to represent God to the people and the people to God. They were the, the mediating intercessors. And then you had the kings who ruled and guarded and guided uh, the people of God. And so when you look at Jesus then, you see that all, all of those institutions really were looking to the one person who could fulfill them perfectly, completely, and finally. So uh, we can go through each of them a a little bit briefly there, but with the idea of the prophets then, in the Old Testament you had people who were uh, speaking on behalf of God. So God would give them a word to say to the people, God would speak to them, and they would relate it to the people. With Jesus then, what we see uh, very famously at the beginning of John's Gospel is that He is the Word of God, uh, the very living Word of God Himself come to us in the flesh and so when jesus is speaking he's not doing so on behalf of god but he's doing so as god and with prophet then that's what we mean when we say jesus is the one who speaks an authoritative word the authoritative word to us from god because he is god Uh, so he is when he speaks god is revealing himself um, perfectly and fully to us as as the one speaking
5: Josh, how about I read uh, Hebrews 1 here, just the first couple verses, um, so that that can kind of give people an idea of how each one of those uh, offices is kind of, not just, I wouldn't say explained, but it's certainly like encapsulated or brought together. Um, So this is the beginning of
9: Hebrews.
8: Yeah, that's a perfect passage, Kathy. Thanks for doing that. And and each of them are at least sketched out there briefly. So yeah, thank you. That's a good place. Yeah,
5: sure. So it says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Well, I mean, we could talk about that for six months of radio time
8: <laughs> yeah we oh, we sure could uh in fact as, as it's a little aside. Um, there's a Puritan scholar uh, named John Owen who was, uh, he, he wrote a lot, and he tended to be a little wordy when he wrote. He wrote a seven-volume commentary on the book of Hebrews, and he wrote wow. it's something over 100 pages on those first four verses.
5: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
8: So, yeah, so you're right. Wow. We, can, we can really try to get down into that. We won't go that far. But, but all of those ideas are sketched out in there briefly. It says, you know, there was a time when God spoke through the prophets, but now he's spoken to us by his Son. And and you say, well, what's different? Why is that final? Because this is God himself come to us in the flesh in Jesus. So there's no need for any further word of revelation. Anything Jesus says is full and true and perfect and final. Um, With the idea of a priest, then, if you keep reading through the book of Hebrews, that's Perhaps uh, the main point that that is making there is that Jesus is the perfect high priest who is also the perfect sacrifice, and because he offered up himself one time for all time for sins, there is no need for any more sacrifices or priests. He is our living priest who, it says, intercedes for us, Um, and that's even referenced even just in passing in the beginning when it talks about him making purification for sins. Jesus is the perfect priest. Uh, what, he had to, what he did, he only had to do once and he accomplished everything, actually taking away sin in the way that all those other sacrifices just uh, foreshadowed. And it even acknowledges his rule there in, in that mm-hmm. passage. It talks about him being seated at the right hand of the God, the uh, right hand of the majesty on high. That's a place of power. It says that he upholds the universe. Um, those, are, those are royal functions, somebody who is in place of royal and regal authority. And that is Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the scripture says.
5: We're talking to Josh Brown from Belfield Presbyterian Church in Oakland. Um, so I guess the next question, um, logically, is why does it matter? Why knowing that Jesus ha- fulfills those three roles, like, what, what does that mean for us today in Snowy Pittsburgh?
8: Sure. I, I think it's very helpful. It's a helpful and pretty concise way to actually understand what it is that Jesus has done is doing and will do for his people. Um, I saw some some statistics, some research that came out from Lifeway just a month or so ago. It was pretty widely published. I saw it a bunch of places. But uh, people, it, it showed that people intended to have, by and large, had some pretty uh, accurate understanding of who Jesus is. It was something like ninety some percent of practicing, like high 90% of practicing Christians said they agreed with the statement that Jesus is the Son of God, that he was born 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. Very high percentages. That's a very good thing, but the numbers plummeted when it came to being asked, "What does the Bible say that Jesus came to do?" Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, mm-hmm. what does the Bible say Jesus came to do? And people, it, 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 the numbers were just—I'm gonna have them in front of me, unfortunately, so I don't want to <laughs> make up numbers. But they were—it was a sharp, sharp decline, even among practicing, practicing Christians. If he, they were asked, "Okay, but what did Jesus come to do?" And a framework like this, I think, gives us a helpful way of understanding that. We say, well, one of the things that Jesus came to do is um, speak to us directly as God uh, to give us God's Word, to be the living Word made flesh, so that if we ever want to hear what it is that God has said, we look to the words of Jesus. If we want to, um, you know, as the book of Hebrews says, there were many times when God spoke to the prophets, now He's spoken to us through His Son, and and there's no need for any further uh, revelation than that. If we want to talk about Jesus' work for us, certainly through his death and resurrection, but also through his entire life, we say he offered himself up on behalf of his people, um, standing in their place, offering a perfect life, um, taking on death in their place, rising again from the grave. These are things that a priest would do to offer a sacrifice on behalf of others. He did that perfectly, fully, finally, never needs to be done again. And if we want to say, well, what's Jesus doing now as the one who has ascended at the right hand of the majesty on high, we say he is ruling. He is ruling and reigning in grace now, in glory when he returns, and there is nothing that is outside of his uh, sphere of power, if you will. So there's a, you can go into these concepts in incredible depth, but they also give you, I think, a pretty simple way of just starting to get your head around what is it that Jesus does has done, and will do for his people.
4: Josh, that's the beauty of of Jesus and our mm-hmm. ability to follow him as, um, as thin, right, or, or as deep as we choose to go. The word supports mm-hmm. itself, and it's up to us to choose to engage or not.
8: Yeah. I think so. And and it also gives you a way to then then it allows you again to kinda of open up things a little further and as you're looking at scripture and, and you say, All right, well, what what is it how did yeah, how did the prophets the prophets in the old testament function and what kind of things did they say? And how can we how can we see that they were all pointing beyond themselves to Jesus? Well how did the priests function and how can we see that they were all pointing beyond themselves to Jesus? How did the kings function? How can we see that they were all pointing beyond themselves? So it also shows you how Uh, Everything was leading up to him, and everything is perfectly and fully fulfilled in him.
4: Fabulous. The threefold office of Jesus, Pastor Josh Brown, has been speaking with us about that. Jesus as prophet, Jesus as priest, Jesus as king. Hey, Josh, before you leave us, take a moment, please, and talk to us about Oakland, the neighborhood, and Belfield's place in it, and the work that you're doing.
8: Yeah, Oakland has a neighborhood, and most I uh, think a lot of folks in Pittsburgh probably know this It's a neat little inter- intersection here of a lot of university campuses. We've got the medical uh, facilities and fields around us, uh, some of the museums and some of the uh, edge of some of the cultural stuff there. So there's a lot of stuff that's just happening in Oakland. We are right smack in the middle of it, and church has been there for a couple hundred years, so it's kind of grown up all around us. It's a really fun place to be as far as that context goes. Um, and as a church, we really try to, to see that as the place that we are called to serve, to serve the medical and the university communities that are around us. Um, so we are try to be engaged in that in the best ways that we can. Uh, right now, um, we, everything's been a little different, like most folks right now, we have two services on Sundays, one at 10 30 in the morning, one at five in the evenings, uh, a lot of different small group opportunities and different things that, that are happening in other places throughout the week. But, uh. Yeah, we see uh, we see ourselves in a kind of unique context, and so we want to do our best to uh, bring the good news of the gospel into that place.
5: Josh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for what you bring to the show, and uh, appreciate your time today as well.
8: Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for everything you guys do. I hope you stay healthy, and I'll look forward to seeing you again soon.
4: You as well, Josh, you and your family and all the Belfield community, all of us here in Western Pennsylvania, the threefold office of Jesus, prophet, priest, king, pastor, Josh Brown. We'll take a, a quick break and come back and reset. You know, the new cycle uh, lets things uh, come and go. Oh, I've been wondering about Afghanistan.
10: teaching my sweet 86-year-old grandma how to use her Alexa. The other day, I'm overhanging out, and I see grandma about four inches from Alexa yelling, hey, Alexa, I'm making cookies. Tell me when it's 10 minutes. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And the reality is, the mortgage world has changed from old school to new school as well. In the old days, you usually used somebody local. But today, you don't have to be local to be local. You don't have to set up an appointment to see me. You'll have my cell and you can text or call me anytime. The Stone Age paperwork of old is now. Usually just some easy clicks. And if you're refinancing, in most cases, we'll just send a notary to your home for your closing. The level of attention that we bring will make us feel very local for you.
11: We are United, United Faith Mortgage.
12: Mortgage.
10: And one other advantage?
12: Read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at UnitedFaithMortgage.com.
7: United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your
1: own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy & Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law.
11: Are you wondering if this year you'll still be asking why it seems so easy for other people to find love, but so hard for me? If you're feeling the pain of being alone and are tired of everyone around you finding their soulmates and leaving you behind, then get ready to remove the barriers to finding the marriage of your dreams and start believing it's possible for you. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. Join me in my Married in 12 Months Challenge, where I'll teach you why now is your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you to be married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools you need to become a bride. Listen, if you deeply desire to be married, but you're still single, you should be doing something about it. Sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The only thing you have to lose is the pain of being alone on your journey. So join me at lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com.
3: Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators.
7: Visit PCADevZone.org.
6: 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
9: Two to four inches of snow Thursday evening through Friday afternoon. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies and cold with a couple flurries, low 8. Tomorrow, cold with a mix of clouds and sunshine, high 16. Tomorrow night, clear skies and cold with a low of 2. Thursday won't be as cold with increasing clouds in a high of 31. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori.
4: Oftentimes when we talk about politics, right, we talk about the, the huge sweep of nations and global economics, and we forget that there are people, of course, the citizens behind all these concepts and ideas and political moves, Case in point is Afghanistan. I mean, the United States pulled out of Afghanistan with much wringing of hands this past summer. And 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 the cost of that is what we're seeing right now. This is mm-hmm. from today's uh, uh, AP story. Widespread hunger, a crippled economy and a population in desperate need of assistance. Afghanistan and its citizens are in the midst of a worsening humanitarian crisis. Uh, international aid was cut off when the Taliban took over in August, and of course the Taliban is not able to care for their people. If you want to call them their people, the Afghan people, sheer levels of desperation, says Vicky Allen, who is Afghanistan's director of international rescue, is that they are seeing uh, going from bad to worse. Ninety-five percent of the population in Afghanistan has insufficient food consumption. Ninety-five percent of the population. The country was already facing a 30-year drought, economic implosion of the United States leaving Kabul in August, the withdrawal of all U.S. troops, then the Taliban coming in. Uh, It has just exasperated uh, uh, the situation even worse. Uh, In September, the poverty rate in Afghanistan was at 72%. Oh, my gosh. 72% of the country is living in poverty, and it promises to get worse. Now who's going to save Afghanistan? The Afghan people.
5: The US we- has culpability here, John. I mean
4: yeah.
5: we've discussed this a uh, 100 times, but I just think it it has to be said that it was a tenuous situation there. And when the US decided to leave in such a hurried manner, it just threw the whole thing into abject confusion and as in every circumstance when there's governmental upheaval it's the average person especially those in poverty who pay right. and that's what we see happening here i don't know john if you saw that 60 minutes piece that they did maybe 4 weeks ago on the uh hunger crisis in afghanistan they did yes it was very well done and it was humbling to watch it because you it's like it's like a slow motion disaster mm-hmm. happening one person after another, and yet at the end they put this little insertion—a story of hope. Do you remember that's that school that was started for girls? Yep. Right, they put that in at the end. So, you know, the, and and throughout the story, they specifically mentioned relief workers who live in other parts of the world who have been committed to Afghanistan for years and continue to be committed now. And you look at those people and you think that it's such a selfless life that they're living. And they're so strategic in how they're trying to make it work um, on behalf of the people there. Anyway, the story concluded with a small school. How many girls do you think were in that class, John?
7: 30. Yeah.
5: And uh, they're educated by, you know, uh, an, uh, a group that is based outside of Afghanistan and they're committed to educating young girls and they're going to do it until someone tells them not to. Anyway, it's just one of those things that kind of opens up your eyes to what's going on there. And if you want to watch it, you can go back to the 60 Minutes website and check it out.
4: But you know, it's just I bring it up because it just falls out of the cycle. So you look at all the rest of the world and the humanitarian crisis and wars and whatnot. And of course, we left Afghanistan, so we've you know washed our hands, so to speak. But you know, women and children and men and families, babies—they're still there and struggling. Seventy-two percent of the country living in poverty. Ninety-five percent of the population with food insecurity and all that. Uh, I don't know what the solution is. Certainly, I they don't need either. to be fed, and they need our prayers and they need our assistance. And they need people to come around them because, uh, as you said, you know, we we have culpability in that process. There's no doubt about that. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. We're we're getting underway here with The Ride Home. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk about chocolate with Ann Kennedy, dark chocolate specifically. Mm -hmm. That's next in The Ride Home. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on 101.5, word FM.
6: 101.5 WORD. Do you ever feel
0: bored with your life? Expand my world, Lord. If it's a little space, I'm satisfied there, but could you possibly broaden it? I've been in little all my life. I surround my life with little. Expand this territory of my world. Here, Chuck Swindoll describe what it means to expand your territory when you listen this week to Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5
7: WORD.
11: My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy.
2: We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word
13: FM listeners, I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a Lifewise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org.
2: Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need dynovite. contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer.
14: If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite.
10: You won't believe how happy your dog will be.
12: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.
1: Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -hmm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever.
9: Hi. Oh, hey.
1: Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
5: Look, sometimes chocolate can make a difference. That's all I'm saying. I'm not it's not a panacea.
4: I, I would say all times.
5: Well it's not a fixer, but it certainly can ameliorate a bit of your situation, don't you think, John?
4: Do you ever feel bad after you eat chocolate?
5: Yes. What? Of course I do.
4: Really? Well, apparently that dog's feeling pretty good himself, right? <laughs> he must have just had himself a Snickers bar.
5: Yeah, okay. So we didn't know we were getting a dog and Ann Kennedy, but like we are. It.
4: I like it a lot. Anyway, I, I,
5: don't know the, I don't know the bio information on the dog, but I can tell you that Anne Kennedy is the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. She blogs daily at PreventingGrace.com. and welcome to you and your pooch. Oh, thanks so much. There-
4: Yeah, it's our pleasure, Anne. Okay, so you're writing now about feeling bad, your dietary habits, and the blessings of chocolate in your life, yeah? Oh, You think we lost Anne?
5: You know what? The dog's taken over.
4: I hope she's okay.
5: You knew it was bound to happen.
4: I mean, the last we heard was, I mean, he didn't sound like it was an angry uh, bark, but he was barking at Anne. And she did have a moment to say hello. But I wonder, I wonder if she's okay.
5: I think he just wanted to be heard.
4: Well, apparently it was uh, heard over Anne, right? When was the last time we had... Who did we yes, have on... Do
5: you use... What? What? Who? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Sheila Walsh. Yeah. And all five of her dogs
4: yeah. decided to, like, lose their minds at the same right. time. Were they calling from Scotland or something like that?
5: Okay. Anyway, John, back to chocolate. I want to know if you do you you this i don't I'm asking this question in a negative sense, but I don't know how else to ask it do you <laughs> use <laughs> do it. you use food to help you feel better
4: yes a hundred percent a hundred percent I mean we live in this greatest country in the world, and when you I, I always feel great when I walk into a supermarket, don't you? I don't like
5: supermarkets what no I, I
4: love you, supermarkets we've never talked
5: about this before
4: I can't believe that you would say that really. I like tiny markets. I like a tiny market. And I, I like really a gigantic don't, market. I really,
5: I mean, I appreciate how how much we're blessed here to have yeah. you know Giant Eagle and oh yeah, and but I love and saying, and Coons and whatever. But I don't like big stores like that. I mean,
4: all. I grew up with the mom and pop, mom yeah. and pop stores. You know, butlers. Oh, I just diverse. like
5: that better. I, I like I like to go to Donatelli's in Liberty Avenue and not Brookfield. anymore. I like to, to go to. I like to go to T Bones in Wexford. I yeah. like little places. Remember a grocery in Morante on uh, Bates yep. in Oklahoma. A
4: bodega in New York mm-hmm. City, the corner yeah, bodega. I like but I mean, yeah. Anyway, the the point is, when you buy food, don't you feel good?
5: Yes, yeah, so I feel extreme. I mean, after all the trips we've been on, John, and the stuff oh that God. we've seen, I feel grateful every time I buy groceries.
4: Yeah, there's Truly. something about it, you know. Right. Okay, so when you have yourself, like you know. Treat yourself. Everybody has to eat for you know their, their nutrition. I'm going to have a good right. meal here, right? I'm going to have a salad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have you know X. But we live in a country of treats, and I always feel good when I have a treat. Mm-hmm. The problem and is one treat a day.
5: Okay, is the treat for you a sugar treat
4: or a salty treat? It depends upon my mood. I mean, I, I'm an equal opportunity treater. I'll say is that. It? Okay. Oh yeah, because I love you know I love a snack. I love a chip times ten, but I also love dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I also love gummy stuff. Do you? I love that gummy stuff.
5: Oh, yeah, because you like Swedish fish. See, that's not my thing. I like candy, is, candy is not my thing. Oh,
4: I love candy. Really? Yeah.
5: No, I, just, I could I could go the rest of my life and never eat candy. Are you
4: kidding me? I get yeah. excited still when I eat candy. Really? Yeah.
5: It, and it I know some people a,
4: look down their nose with the adults who eat candy, but I like candy.
5: That's good. I mean, I just feel like if it doesn't have flour in it. <laughs>
4: Really, you need the flour. It's That's not fine, wor- too.
5: I really, it's not worth my time.
4: Do you like ravioli? Yes. Would you rather have pierogies or ravioli?
5: Pierogies. Why? Because I love the combination of the butter, the onion. The pierogi has to be salted, and then you add sour cream. It's just, it is so good.
4: But what a, But a nice, like, say cheese or mushroom ravioli with some good homemade thick red sauce or some pesto sauce or some alfredo sauce Mm -hmm, i mean that's dripping and oh oh that's so good too and you
5: take the chunk of italian bread and you dip it in Mm. oh yeah okay happy to have ann kennedy back with us (laughs) boy (laughs) she she was held captive by her dog for six minutes she's finally (laughs) back here with
4: us please tell us the wolves (laughs) have not attacked you
12: No, I, I don't know what happened at all. I, I mean, I am surrounded by pets and people, so I, you know, I'm not in control of my own life at all.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We heard in the background, the sound of a dog barking. He seemed happy. Then you came on briefly and then I thought you were, you know, carried away by a pack.
12: Yeah. It was like a, you know, a moment of, no, it's actually normal. What am I saying? It wasn't strange at all.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. It's normal. All right, Anne, so we came to talk to you about uh, the idea of chocolate, the treat of chocolate in our lives. And uh, your Pathos piece, uh, you write about this. Ta- talk to us about your love affair with chocolate.
12: Well, as probably the entire world, I gained just a teeny bit of weight during COVID when I wasn't allowed to leave my house just like everyone else. And I've been yeah. fighting it off for the last year. And mm-hmm. so uh, helpful people, because I blog about it sometimes, send me helpful articles about things. And most of them include horrible advice like you have to eat less calories in order to lose weight and exercise more, which I know <laughs> is astonishing. But every I time I read it, I'm surprised. But today <laughs> someone sent me something uh, that Uh, It says in the New York Times, so it has to be true, that people who regularly eat dark chocolate have a 70% reduced risk of depression symptoms, according according to, uh, and this is literally what it says, a large government survey. So uh, (laughs) I'm pretty excited about this. Apparently, though, you can't eat uh, milk chocolate. That doesn't work. You have to eat dark chocolate. And I know this is. Wicked, but I don't actually really love dark chocolate. I prefer, you know, the sweeter kind. But uh, one thing that I do regularly now in my efforts to lose weight and to be more holy is to do the Nigella Lawson thing where you melt the dark chocolate, you add hefty amounts of cream and egg and, you know, whatever else you want, and then you blend it in an immersion blender and... And it's basically like, you know, eating everything that you wanted uh, in a tiny cup. And you can eat it for breakfast, actually, and still lose weight as long as you don't eat anything else during the day at all. Right. This That's my the new only discovery. thing. Now, could could I dip yeah. a pretzel in
5: that, Anne?
12: No, I don't think you can dip a oh. pretzel in it. You You could dip like a cucumber, you know, or... Mm, um good. basically nothing that you would enjoy with chocolate it just has
4: to be straight <laughs> chocolate <laughs> and the problem is and you said you said tiny cup i mean how tiny yeah, well, is the then, tiny cup
12: well if you get a small because it it's it's i would say like a quarter cup by tiny oh, and it's that's really that's very rich. Small. so you could eat that with your morning coffee or whatever and then, yeah. you know, two hours later for your mid morning coffee you could have another one. And then you kind yeah. of drag it out over the day as part of your government surveyed weight loss program. <laughs> but there's nothing to yeah, chew. That's
4: what you want. There's nothing no, to chew. No, I mean
12: I yeah, you don't have to chew. I find I think that's a you know, that's a benefit, not a loss for me.
4: <laughs> I don't okay. have time to
12: chew. <laughs>
4: right, right now. wait now what's the phrase and is it government sanctioned What what is the deal there with that phrase
12: oh i was just saying yeah uh government surveyed weight loss program and yeah. depression that's fighting uh, options it's yeah it's that's for our good is what they're saying
4: or it's for the greater good the flourishing of society
5: yes, yes exactly <laughs> Well, listen, when I'm in line uh, waiting to pay for my groceries at Trader Joe's, and for those of you who have a Trader Joe's close to you, you'll know what I mean a lot of um, you're surrounded on all sides by chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's just and it's not the same as at the grocery store because at the grocery store that you're also surrounded by candy and gum and that sort of thing. But at Trader Joe's, it's like up a notch really? and you're surrounded by good chocolate.
4: Really I'm going to Aldi and I'm getting a bag of gummy bears. No, it's
12: a waste. Oh, we don't hours. have a Trader Joe's. <laughs> we no, have no, yeah,
4: these. yeah. So we have yeah. all two, and thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean there's burlap, in the, you, yeah. I
12: wish you could be happy like me.
4: Yeah, sorry. Yeah,
12: I've yeah. heard. I mean, people from here drive to Syracuse to go to Trader Joe's, and then they, they? tell you about it when they come back,
4: and
6: oh.
12: then you have to pray at, while you're eating <laughs> your enriched chocolate <laughs> because you're actually turned out to be a bad person after all.
13: Which
4: is depressing. Uh, See, there's a price to pay if you're headed into Trader Joe. I mean, uh, you know, Aldi, just grab up, you know, a bolt of burlap and just, you know, follow along.
5: Thank you, (laughs) Ann. Well, thank you.
4: Thank you. You're sweet. Uh, Preventing Grace, Ann Kennedy. She blogs daily. She is very funny. She's very wry. And boy, she a hardworking mom as well. She's got it going on, Ann Kennedy. Take a quick break. Come back. This is a four o'clock hour. What's next on the menu here? Yeah,
5: there's a four legged animal being treated um, outside of Pittsburgh. They're not sure what it is.
4: Yeah, it might have found its way to Ann's house. We'll get the update next on that.
3: If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza on the Stand With Israel tour November 30th through December 9th, 2022. Journey through the Holy Land with two of the most respected political commentators of today. Together with like minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10 day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float on the Dead Sea, and take a boat out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com or call
4: 855-565-5519 to book today. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at Windows R Us that is windows what is quality this is greg
15: Trzynski, and in a world where nearly everything is disposable the original mattress factory still builds our mattresses and box springs to last while other companies have cut on quality we still hand build our two-sided mattresses with the highest quality materials in our local factories that's because we believe you deserve the best mattress to provide a great night's sleep for years to come Visit an OMF location to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. OriginalMattress.com
1: We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2. Breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com.
4: January 17th, in Fairfield, Fairfield Township, uh, under the front porch of a woman by the name of Christina Eath, she noticed that there were animal footprints in the snow outside. So she followed them in case the prints belonged to a neighbor's dog in this rural area of Westmoreland County. But the path led underneath her front porch. And when Christine used a basement door to access the um, space underneath that porch, She found a shivering 37-pound animal that appeared to look like a dog. She was able to call it into the basement of her home and then consulted social media for input on what it was and what she should do next. So the dog or this is the thing. They don't know what it is. Is it it a dog? Is it a coyote? Uh, It never showed any signs of aggression, she said. So they captured uh, an organization called Rescue Hideaway, put uh, captured the animal in Christine's basement, took it to um, a facility where it was uh, diagnosed with mange, it's a contagious skin disease. But if you saw this photograph of this animal, you'd look at it and you go, it looks like a dog, but maybe not. Yeah, calf. maybe Can you
9: see not. The photo? And-
5: Yeah, I saw the photo and I and that organization is called TJ's Rescue Hideaway, John. I just want to make sure we notate that correctly because that sounds like a really great uh, organization. I want to give them props for what they do. I couldn't tell what it was and I don't know anything about wildlife, but my first thought was maybe it's a cross between a dog and a coyote. But they said in the article that that's very unlikely.
4: Huh. So for now, this animal, uh, limiting human exposure to the creature, but visiting it multiple times daily to feed it, clean its cage, provide medicine and updates. Uh, if the animals are coyote, they say that they hope to uh, put it back into the wild where it, hopefully it will recover. And they're grateful for donations. But I've never seen a coyote up close.
5: No, I haven't either. But you have the next door app, don't you? Yeah. Do you have uh, coyote sightings in your area? I don't,
4: I've kind of pulled over pulled away from the next door <laughs>
5: it's hard to believe john because it seems so emotionally healthy
4: i mean uh, you you'll see all sorts of sightings on there most of which you'll see is people just i know angry,
5: listen mad. listen i get i get it i look at it like usually every day
4: oh and you do. I no, just,
5: it's no. a little overwhelming
4: do you get the daily updates yep no i i unsubscribe <laughs> to that i don't No, no john doesn't I think want I, a
5: notification for anything
4: I uh, do you have notifications? Yeah. I never get notifications. I know. and Just don't tell me about it. If I want to know about it, I'll read about it. More often than not, I don't want to read about it. Because, you know, the Nextdoor app is people just more complaining. Just your (laughs) neighbors complaining.
14: Christy, do you have Nextdoor app? Um, The people I live with have it.
5: Oh, yeah. It's something else. Anyway, well, my Nextdoor app Mm -hmm. in the Ross Township area, there have been several coyote sightings. Really? Over the last, I'd say, six, eight months. Yeah. For real. For real coyote. Well, it's it's people on the next door app saying that they saw a coyote. Right. It's not like they, might have been on you know, Animal Planet, right? So, there's a lot of discussion as to whether <laughs> those reports are believed or yep. not believed. So, all I'm saying is that there are allegations of coyotes.
4: Right. I love that Christy's up. getting her next door news from her neighbor. She's got the her next landlord. door neighbor app, which is she gets whole it, like over than... the fence or at the top of the steps. <laughs> hey, Christy, did you hear this? I mean.
5: It might be a coyote,
4: Christy. Right. Better hide your little animals. Anyway, I don't know. When's the last time you had mange? Be careful of that. Change your shampoo, my friend.
6: <laughs> Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, in and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
3: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Just a Stephen Breyer planning to retire after nearly 30 years on the Supreme Court. The 83-year-old Breyer has been on the nation's high court since 1993, and his expected departure will give President Biden the first Supreme Court pick of his presidency. Mr. Biden has pledged to nominate the first black woman to the court. No matter who is confirmed, it won't change the Supreme Court's current 6-3 conservative advantage. Greg Clugston washington the federal reserve signaling it plans to begin raising its benchmark interest rate as soon as march a key step in reversing its pandemic era low-rate policies that have fueled hiring and growth but have also escalated inflation on wall street now the dow is ahead 43 points and the nasdaq is up 132 this is srn news
1: Angel's Light Addiction Specialist is a beacon of hope for those struggling with substance use disorder. At Angel's Light, recovery begins with the unique dignity and worth of every resident. Their small boutique treatment center approach allows a diverse and experienced staff to focus on putting people first and provide the high quality of structured, comprehensive care necessary to support big life changes. Angel's Light Addiction
4: Specialists. For immediate help, click call now on Facebook or visit ImpatientAddiction.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters, and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at pittsburgh.com That is Pittsburgh.com.
2: There is hope. But how will they know unless we tell them? Every day, Cornerstone TV bridges that gap. Connecting viewers with Jesus and answers for life. Join us for an important moment to launch, build, and fund our 2022 outreach with Jerry Grillo, Keenan Bridges, Bill Femolaris, Mike Smalley, Jay Gilbert, and more. Watch Bridge of Hope January 24th through 28th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television. Year after year, it's the same routine. Drop off the taxes, pick up the taxes,
1: leave a check. Maybe it's time to work with a business CPA who is less transactional and more relational. For Mike Radich and the team at MGR CPA and Consultants, it's about more than crunching the numbers. It's about getting the advice you need for complex tax issues and business solutions. It's just a better return. MGR CPA and Consultants. Honesty. Integrity. Always. At MGRCPA.com. Exergen would like you to know about an important new study by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has always known. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure. Be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.
9: Two to four inches of snow Thursday evening through Friday afternoon. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies and cold with a couple flurries, low eight. Tomorrow, cold with a mix of clouds and sunshine, high sixteen. Tomorrow night, clear skies and cold with a low of two. Thursday won't be as cold with increasing clouds and in a high of thirty one. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori.
3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
4: And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. It's really cold as it is, and it will be this evening, it is so beautiful out right now, isn't it? I mean, this yeah. particular time of lovely. day, this particular time of year, the sunlight is absolutely perfect. Just very, very nice. And the good news is it's after five o'clock and uh, we still have some sunlight left. So the days are getting longer, even in the midst of the January freeze.
5: Get mm-hmm. me to June, John. Get me to June. I'll take April. Fine. Right? Glad April's for April. Good. Yeah,
4: yeah snow on snow on snow in the bleak midwinter I love that line because it yes we're getting more snow they say two to four inches perhaps right
5: yeah the the um, eastern states sound like they're gonna get slammed on Saturday New Jersey New, York, New Jersey uh, New York up into New England uh, unsure though whether it's going to be like a two-inch snowfall in New York or it's going to be a two foot foot snowfall in new york um so that's not really helping anybody who lives there yeah. however it does seem like once you get further north into new england they are really going to get killed
4: boom all right i mean that's what winter's for isn't it such so is life
5: i guess it is i mean good news yeah. comes today <laughs> that winter weather has prompted the opening of warming centers here in pittsburgh i don't mean it's the good news that we need warming centers i'm saying it's good news that we have them
4: yeah okay so what about that so what's it, for anybody who's you know god God bless the homeless people. I mean, anybody who's out there right now and you're homeless and you're living under a bridge or in a car or some such untenable situation. I mean, I can't imagine what that, how hard of a life that must be for you. God bless you. So the city of Pittsburgh and surrounding Western Pennsylvania warming centers are open now. And for the foreseeable cold snap will be open, Kath. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. It's good news, John. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad there are such things. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that we, through many different uh, agencies, churches, whatever, mm-hmm. are trying to make a dent and care for that population. Yeah. But it's just freezing cold. There's no question about it.
4: Really it is. Yeah. Hey, I'm a uh, news today. And, not, and now to be fair here, I do not. I, I have spent many, many years living as a resident of the city of Pittsburgh. Me too. Paid my city taxes. Yeah. You as well. Me too. I mean, yeah. I lived all over the city and the North side and Oakland and Bloomfield, um, a longtime resident of the city of Pittsburgh. Know it well. My kids do not go to Pittsburgh schools, city of Pittsburgh schools. They never did. Uh, but uh, as a regular city resident, I do remember well the h- horrific uh, snow removal, Removal, the snow removal. I mean, that Worst was ever. just always bad. And now I see um, on local news reports that city council buried in the uh, new budget for this year, the 2022 operating budget, gave themselves a nice hefty raise. City council members, of which I believe there are nine of them. Went from a seventy-two thousand dollar per year salary. Well, (coughs) excuse me, seventy-two thousand dollar per year salary to the largest ever one-time increase for a city councilman to eighty-eight thousand dollars. Get out in one fell swoop.
5: Get out.
4: (coughs) Holy smokes! Right, it pays to be the ruling class, does it not? Oh my, it's a nice raise. Really depressing to hear,
5: John. That is really really depressing wonder what the average income the average salary is for the city of pittsburgh resident but it's a heck that's of a, a lot question. less than either 72 or 88 what is it, it a, went up to 88 88 yeah i mean that's, that's an excellent question i
4: don't know yeah, And, and I'd lo- just kind I, of I would snuck love in there i would too. love
5: to wouldn't you love to get at that number
4: well the the uh the mean average, income yeah, average, average
5: income. yes average income for city of pittsburgh resident
4: And of course, you know it's it's been slowly uh, revealed here. I'm sure there'll be lots of comments and conversation uh, about this race because it's not as though you know they're doing a stellar job. I mean, really, seriously.
5: Well, you told me about it, and then I went to look it up, and I I can't even find stuff online about it.
4: Mm -hmm. Well, it'll come out. I mean, it's out there now. So you know, slowly starting to pick up some steam. I'm sure we'll hear about it much more in the day or so, uh, the day and weeks ahead.
5: So between the snow removal, John. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And the uh, city schools,
4: the Zoom closing of the it, schools.
5: It just doesn't. but the uh, the uh, snow delay on Zoom? The Zoom delay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's just for people who are living in the city, you know, they need to, you know, find a happy place in their mind because they look around and it must
4: be driving them nuts. Well, look, we love the city, right? I mean, you're you probably me? a Pittsburgher. I we wouldn't love have the left Pittsburgh.
5: the city. I, seriously, I I I lived. You know, seven, eight years in Oakland, and then I lived another six years in the north side. Most of my life I lived in the city, yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to go back at this point, would you?
4: No, no, no. I'm happy where I am. Very happy where I am. Anyway, what's next, Kath? Yeah. Coming up next. That segment was called us complaining about the city.
5: (laughs) And now we've concluded it. Now we're going to move on. Dr. Kirk Thompson back in his monthly slot on our show. We're going to talk about beauty becoming what we create. It's coming up next. It's the Wednesday edition. It is the ride home. 1.5
6: 1.5 WORD
2: Dr.
3: Charles Stanley God knows I'm weak. He knows we're weak. He knows we're frail. And he knows that you and I will never learn enough. He didn't make us to be sufficient within ourselves. He made us to be sufficient within himself. You're the series, the source of my strength. This week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley.
7: Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD.
12: You know what you could do? You could add onto your house an extra room and fill it with white fluffy sand that feels like the beach. Pump in seagull sounds. Paint waves on the walls. And cute little sand crabs.
10: Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many WordFM listeners, is the cash-out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a beach room could be very cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage.
12: We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay
5: before closing. Nice!
7: United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672.
16: Hi, this is Joe Belanti with JD Waterproofing at 1-800-Berry-Dry. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-Berry-Dry. That's 1-800-Berry-Dry to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com j and D waterproofing family owned and operated since 1939
11: my son is in the second grade at our local public school and yet somehow he gets to attend a bible class during his school day because of lifewise
2: academy we're seeing public school students from urban rural and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how jesus came to rescue us Hey Word FM
13: listeners, I'm Joel Penton, founder of Lifewise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. Lifewise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at
4: LifeWiseAcademy.org. Kath, would you say that you are a uh, conscious of the day-to-day beauty around you? Are, are you a purveyor of that? Is there a consciousness where you yes. go, Look, I can see that and I appreciate for what it is. Yep. Or do you wear blinders?
5: Nope. I, I, it's, it's such a part of what makes me feel well, healthy, alive is beautiful things. I mean, I just, and I don't mean expensive things. I mean, like, here's an example. This is going to sound like a silly example, but it's the very first thing that came to my mind, um, over the last, uh, Two weeks since it snowed, the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Zoo has been putting really beautiful photographs up on Instagram of the oh. animals at the zoo playing in the snow. Really, listen, the le- the tigers, the leopards, the it is so beautiful, mm. beautiful. I have watched that. I can't tell you how many times I've rewatched stuff from the zoo just over the last couple of weeks. I also keep books around, John. I have a lot of art books that I always have close to me that I can page through. Do you feel the same way?
4: Yeah. I, I think it's easy. I'm grateful that I'm able to, and I don't think this is, you know, some wonderful thing. I mean, uh, you know, about me specifically, but I think uh, I see beauty around me. I think beauty's easy to, to, to grab, uh, to acknowledge. I think everywhere you look, you can yeah. find beauty in something. Wouldn't you say? So what about beauty, Uh, and what about beauty as a means of worship as well? Uh, Dr. Kurt Thompson is with us. Dr. Thompson is a psychiatrist in private practice in Falls Church, Virginia. He is the author of several books. His latest is called uh, Beauty, uh, Becoming What We Create. The Soul of Desire is the name of the book, and here to talk to us about beauty is Dr. Thompson. Kurt, welcome back.
16: John Kathy, great to be with you.
5: Kurt, before you came on the air, I'm not sure if you heard me, but I said that uh, beauty is one of the things that makes me feel well. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I know that that's not an an unusual thing, but it's certainly something I'm aware of. Um, So talk to me about what that means.
15: Well,
16: you know, uh, one of the things that we often take for granted as as I'm sure that you're aware, because it, it happens for all of us. We, we take for granted just how much beauty there is around us. And uh, we become so captivated. I know that I do. I become so captivated by the things that I'm worried about uh, that it's very difficult for me to notice the things that are of utter beauty that are sitting right in front of me. We, yep. you know, we, we're, we're in a conversation with, with, with someone who tells us, you know, four things, five things that they love about us, and one thing that, you know, drives them a little crazy. And that's the only thing that we think about. We have a hard time paying attention to the beauty that people see in us because all we then do is we, you know, our attention is drawn to those things that are painful about ourselves. And we continue to do this in such a way that we often forget that beauty isn't just a thing that is out there in the world. It's not just a thing that's out in the environment. It is that. It begins there. We notice it. We see it. We see it with every newborn that comes into the world. But one of the amazing things about the Christian story, about the biblical narrative, is that we, as being image bearers of God, are not just intended to see beauty in the world and to create beauty in the world, but we do that, because God intends for us to become artifacts of beauty ourselves. Mm. And not just in the common way that we think of beauty on magazine covers, not just in ways that beauty actually ends up getting exploited in particular with women, but not just with women in hundreds of different ways. But beauty that we notice is happening in the presence of a person who we care for tenderly. We notice this right out of the gate. We notice this right out of the gate in the first chapter of Genesis. You know, the first thing we see this notion that when God made stuff, he named these things that he made, day one, day two, day three, all these things. And at the end of each day, with the exception of one day, with the end of each day, we hear the text read, and God saw that it was good. And one of the things that's really intriguing about the Hebrew text was good is that you can interchange that word for the word beautiful, that for the Hebrew, you could say, and God saw that it was good or, and God saw that it was beautiful. But not just that God saw whatever it was that he made, whether it was the day and the night, whether it was the lights in the sky the day or the night, whether it was the land and the sea, whether it was the animals that he created, all those things that were good, it's a fun, it, there's the sense that they are good not just because they're objectively good and or beautiful, but their beauty emerges as a function of God looking at them. And from a neuroscience and brain standpoint and from an attachment standpoint, this is so crucially important because our children begin to comprehend their beauty as a function of our looking at them as a function of how we see them our the, the people that work for us become aware of their beauty their work as a as an act of beauty because it is being seen by us and we name this how many of us you know if if you were you know on your average day if someone were to say to you in a way that was genuine john i'm i'm looking at you across the room and i i just want to say like you're just such a beautiful man. Now, of course, this would make some of us nervous and we, and we can have, you know, we can poke fun at this. We can, we can all kinds of things. But to imagine for a moment that anyone would say, like, I'm just so captivated by your beauty. And you say, like, well, what are, you, what are you talking about? Well, gosh, I just I've noticed that the way you you kind of act with such kindness, it's, such, it's so beautiful to me. I notice that the way that you are patient with me when I'm hard to be patient with. Like it's an act, it's it's a creative act of beauty. And so we see that we become beauty as a function of God then saying, let us make mankind in our image. That God is the source of beauty to begin with. And if we are going to be like God, then we are also going to become beauty in our being seen by him. He looks at us and says, this is very good. This is very beautiful beautiful. And so we then have to ask this question. Who are the people in our lives who are regularly and routinely interacting with us in such a way that they are calling forth our beauty as a way for us to sense it and feel it so that we can walk into the world and then know because if my beauty has been called forth by you, John or Kathy. that Because that's the case. I now walk into the next room, and I know that my beauty is going to have an impact on other people. But this beauty, then, isn't just something that is seen objectively because it happens to be there in the universe. It is something that we have the opportunity to call forth in other people. That's just the first chapter of Genesis. And when we pay attention to that alone, it changes our brains. It integrates our mind. Because for me to be seen as an object of beauty that is being drawn forth by you, it creates secure attachment in me, and that enables me to create further beauty and goodness in the world.
4: That's so good, Doctor Thompson. That, that's 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 beautiful, and, and that's an awful lot to unpack as you talk about the beauty. Now. To think of us, I think it's probably the rare person, right? Uh, Despite the narcissistic age that we live in, it's the rare person who looks at themselves or would say to themselves, I'm beautiful. My inner beauty or my outer beauty is a reflection of God. But are you saying that that beauty is not fully realized until someone sees it in you and can pronounce it back to you? I'm saying exactly that.
16: I'm saying that our beauty in its truest form is something that is called forth by someone else. It is something that is collaboratively created within us by someone else calling it forward. And here's a, here's a, yeah. and, and, And to take this further, when, when we move from chapter one to chapter two of Genesis, we see a couple of things that are really also important that this calling forth requires intimacy, and it is frequently painful. This sense that God doesn't speak in Genesis 2, God does not create man from a distance, he's down in the mud, and God created the man from the dust of the earth. So there is a sense of the creation of beauty, the calling forth of beauty requires intimate interaction. I need to know a person well, I need to know the parts of you that are beautiful, but I also need to know the parts of you that you think are ugly and awful in order for beauty to be called forth directly from those very parts that you think are the worst. But moreover, when we get to the creation of woman, you know why, like look, God made man out of the dirt. If I'm Adam and you want to make me a mate, like why can't you do the same thing? Just like there's some mud over there, there's plenty of mud to go around. Why just can't you do that? We recognize that the creation often requires painful incisions by surgery. Surgery, we see that Adam, like, and there's no, like, sign, consent form. God caused him to fall into a deep sleep, and he took from the man a rib. There's a surgical procedure. The creation of beauty often involves painful interactions but that lead to what? When Adam wakes up, he's not like, man, he's not like in the ICU. He's not like in a rehab center. He's not like on pain meds. He wakes up and as God brings the woman to him, Adam breaks forth into poetry and song. And so we see that in chapter two, first of all, it's intimate. Second of all, sometimes it's painful. And then when we get to the end of the chapter, we see though that with this painful creation, at times it is required that you have this differentiation, you have male and female. And the reality is that the things that we create that are most beautiful, and my beauty is often most easily and most powerfully called forth by someone who's very different than me. In our world of such political and racial rancor, I wanna know who are the people that look like somebody else other than me with whom I'm gonna create the next artifact of beauty. Who is God calling me to connect with who's different than me? Differentiation, number one. Number two, vulnerability. They were naked. The man and the woman differentiated. They were naked. They were vulnerable. With whom am I going to be vulnerable as an act of calling forth beauty in the other? Who's different than me? Who's going to be my African-American or my Hispanic-American partner in the creation of this beauty? And the last thing that we see is that the male and the female, they were naked and they were unashamed. We have a world in which literally the disintegration of our minds and of our brains and our relationships is being overrun by a tidal wave of shame and contempt at multiple different social and cultural levels. If that shame is given that kind of authority It will be virtually impossible for us to create beauty on any scale.
13: Mm -hmm.
5: Because that'll be so overbearing, Kurt.
16: Exactly. But we believe in a God who has come in Jesus, who on Good Friday says, I'm coming for people who are very different than me. And I'm going to be completely vulnerable, naked, stripped, bare, beaten on a cross. And even in the middle of this pain, we're going to watch God call forth beauty on the other side of this when Easter comes. And I, I want to say like this, this is a, is such a hopeful message for me because what we're saying is that we serve a God who is alive and awake and active on the earth in our lives, inviting us to go and find those with whom we have great difference be vulnerable with them in such a way that we say to them, I want to with you be an agent that creates beauty and goodness. I want to call it forth in the world, and I want to allow Jesus to be in the center of this work.
5: Kurt, tell us about your upcoming speaking appearance at Jubilee, the uh, conference sponsored by the Coalition for Christian Outreach.
16: Well, as you may know, it has now moved online, and uh, so for uh, those who are listening, uh, this uh, on the uh, last, blanking on the date, the last Saturday in February, it's going to be a one-day conference. I'm going to have the opportunity to um, have one of the keynote addresses um, in the morning, and then we'll have two breakout sessions in the afternoon. Jubilee is sponsored by the CCO, and it's a conference uh, primarily uh, addressing college students, but for others as well, uh, where we really try to explore this question of God's calling for us as believers in the world are different vocations, and it's, uh, it's just a real pleasure for me. I think, you know, one of the last times that I was in Pittsburgh speaking at Jubilee, had the opportunity to be there in the studio with you, and, and what, yeah. what a pleasure that was, and looking forward to uh, the opportunity to talk on these topics of, of beauty and uh, to a group of college students about what it would be like you know, for them if they were to pursue, uh, a, you know, the, the field of psychiatry.
4: Fascinating. Well, Kurt, we're sorry we're not going to see you in person, uh, but uh, Jubilee uh, is up and running, uh, even the virtual uh, aspect of it. But listen, we're going to be watching you online, Kurt. For sure. I mean, what you had to say, uh, Kurt, about beauty is just—it's so eye-opening, and really, uh, I so appreciate the thoughts. Uh, It's from the latest book called *The Soul of Desire*. Yes. Mm Hmm. Yeah, the soul of desire: discovering
16: the neuroscience of longing, beauty, and community.
5: So great to talk to you again, Kurt.
16: Thanks so much, guys. Great to be with you.
5: Mm -hmm. That's Kurt Thompson. Check out that book. He just mentioned, The Soul of Desire, Discovering the Neuroscience of Longing, Beauty, and Community. Coming up next,
7: does this make sense?
4: Does what make sense? You know, your mom always used to say, uh, listen, be careful about the company you keep. Right? Because who you hang out with really defines in many ways who you are. Well, when you look at Grove City College, the community of students who call this place home, I believe, is really something special because Grovers care about and for each other. And there's more than 150 student organizations that will prove that every day. Also, you just got to look at the alumni, the Grover alumni. It's gigantic and they care for each other decades after they've graduated from Grove City College. So, if your child is looking for next year or in the near future, I'd recommend you look at Grove City College because the company you keep is really quite excellent.
5: What about the company you keep, John, as far as the people who are teaching you or the people who are advising you or the people that are kind of helping you figure out yourself over four years? You know, that's I think probably just as important as your peers, right? Especially when you're between 18 and 22 and you're trying to figure out what life is about and how you can fit in and what your career path is like and what your gifting is. The faculty that are there to advise at Grove City College are truly outstanding. They're people with big minds and big hearts. And your child might end up a different person because of the mentorship they could have at a place like Grove
4: City. Look at Grove City College, a classical campus, one hour from Pittsburgh,
5: We all know healthcare costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, MarleyFG.com or at 724-884-1496.
6: Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM,
2: Pittsburgh. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8
16: million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SavedByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking. Now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible,
3: visit Savebythescan.org. It could save your life. Savebythescan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council.
9: Two to four inches of snow Thursday evening through Friday afternoon. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies and cold with a couple flurries, low 8. Tomorrow, cold with a mix of clouds and sunshine, high 16. Tomorrow night, clear skies and cold with a low of 2. Thursday won't be as cold with increasing clouds in a high of 31. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. Does this
5: make sense?
4: Does what make sense?
5: <laughs> the lights that are attached to Wait,
4: wait, 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 wait. wait. They shine down. Wait, what's happening? Wait, you broke up the, the lights that what? The
5: lights that are attached to your ceiling fan, John. They shine down.
4: Oh, I I, I, uh, I choose not to buy ceiling fans that have lights attached. That doesn't make any sense to me. Do you ever use them? Because first of all, it's a really bad light. I also think it's kind of a hazard. And they don't really look that great. So three strikes are out
5: one of the most sensible things I've ever heard you say.
4: God bless me. Thanks.
5: I mean, everything about it was right, John. I can just you. say ditto. I mean, yeah. man, it's the worst light. It makes everybody look terrible. Mm. It kind of gives me a headache Yeah. when all the lights like, you know, shining down at you. Yeah. And what if you have to go move a piece of furniture? I guarantee yeah. you, you're breaking one of those lights off.
4: Do you have one in your spare room there right now?
5: No, I have a ceiling fan, but no light. But no
4: light. Yeah, no light,
5: because I'm, I'm not doing that, John.
4: Well, some people, you know, some people are not um, bothered by overhead lights.
5: But that's why I'm asking you if it makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any
4: sense to me whatsoever. The lights connected to a ceiling fan. None whatsoever. All right. Does this make any sense? Bumper stickers. I mean, you see people in their cars. Okay. All right. Your kid's, you know, an honor student at, you know. Emsworth Elementary School or something like that. Fabulous. Okay. But then you see somebody who's got like 30 bumper stickers. To get their political, their sexual, I mean, everything is like all these things meshed into one. I'm driving by at 60 miles an hour. I know more about that guy in the car that he's chosen to tell me than I know about my neighbor. But does it make any sense? The bumper sticker.
5: Doesn't make any sense. Not even a little bit of sense, John. The instant you put a bumper sticker on, to me, your car has depreciated in value. (laughs) It looks cheaper. It does. Once there's a bumper sticker on there.
4: I mean, people want to be known. I mean, I I read somewhere recently that those who have um, three or more bumper bumper stickers on their car are 16% more apt to engage in road rage. I don't.
5: That doesn't surprise me at all. How about that? Because they just need to get their opinion out there.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so bumper stickers. I do appreciate a funny bumper sticker. Don't you You know, driving yeah, like a blanket, the one that child. says,
5: "My dog is smarter than your honor student."
4: Something like that. Or how about the bumper stickers? Like with the little families, little stick figures of the families.
5: Listen, right? I saw those in Indonesia. They have those in the Far East.
4: Yep. Anyway, ceiling fans with lights. Nope. No nope. sense. No sense. Bumper stickers, I'm sorry to say, no. as funny as they might be, nah. no sense.
6: 101.5 point
3: five W I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you each day to open the Word of God and ask for His input. And I'm convinced the challenges we face in today's world are more spiritual than they are political or economic. Exploring God's Word together is refreshing. It equips us for everything that comes our way. Join me and let's see what God has in store for us today.
2: A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30, Alan
7: Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD.
6: At the Original Mattress Factory, we know that a middleman adds little actual value. Unfortunately, most mainstream mattress brands sell their products through a retailer. This only adds more cost that gets passed along to the customer. At OMF, we choose to eliminate the middleman and sell directly to you. This factory-direct approach allows you to buy a great product at the lowest price possible. No middleman markups here. Visit an OMF location today to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself.
15: This is Greg Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. Does it seem like your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to? Instead of raising prices, some companies will cut on quality and quantity to save on costs. Mainstream mattress brands opt for cheaper, lower quality materials in their mattresses. At OMF, we believe you deserve the best. So we hand-build our mattresses and box springs, always using only the highest quality materials. Visit one of our stores today to see the original Mattress factory difference for yourself.
14: Before Bamboo HR,
12: (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had
4: The rise of prayer apps. Um, Daniel Silliman joined us from Christianity today. And, uh, we brought him on because venture capitalists apparently are deeply interested in the profitability of said prayer apps, which I guess, you know, all right, there's a profit and everything, but I saw something today that, uh, different prayer apps like, uh, prayer.com, Hallow, glorify those prayer apps, which I have, n- I don't know anything about. I've never been on these prayer apps. Kath, have you? Nope. However, I do know that millions and millions of people apparently are using these prayer apps because they, they've they attracted these venture capitalists. Well, now the word is that the, the, the people behind these prayer apps, prayer.com and Hallow, are selling your information along with your prayer asks, and in some instances, the prayers themselves that you post to third party buyers, which include Facebook and whatnot, and are somehow making a profit <laughs> this is crazy. making a profit on your posted prayers is nothing sacred?
5: Okay, no, nothing is sacred, but you can see how that's happening, right? Because um, so much of uh, just online stuff, but social media in particular is based on comments. Right. and based on you know likes and feedback and that sort of thing. And so if somebody is interacting with a prayer app with their own prayer through the app, that's they're looking at that like any other piece of data that they can use in any other social media application. So I'm not saying that it's good because it's kind of creepy, but it's just a it's a weird situation where that's where we are right now.
4: So when I read things like this, I think there's really no point in, well, in, in being online, one, or if you choose to be online, engaging online. Because everything is for sale, and it just all is going to be consumed by someone else. Right. So I don't know. I guess some people were kind of cool with it. When I read stuff like that, I think the less I engage online, the better off you are.
5: Yeah, but there's such an opportunity for advancement in areas of communication when it comes to prayer, when it comes to community, all that sort of thing. And, And so I understand why people are looking into it as a future thing, especially after COVID. I mean, people are longing to be connected. They're not able to be connected in some ways still to this point. And so this is giving them, this is kind of like the next generation of how people are in Christian community.
4: Yeah, I guess. Okay. So what about, I mean, there's so many questions here. I mean, is there a delineation between those, that information from a prayer app and that information from a porn app, right? As far as the East is from the West, as opposed to, you know, you know, those who, who mine that information and then those who sell that information. You get my point? No,
5: I don't. that's just data to them. I don't think there's any, there's no difference. Any difference. No, it's no. Mm-mm. It's just a series of zeros and ones.
4: Yeah, but the data is being directed in particular stream to entice yeah, you to but, buy more. But I
5: think it's I think they're using the same type of reasoning or I don't know if it, I, I I don't know enough to say they're using the same type of algorithm, but they're certainly using the same type of strategy that they would use in prayer apps as they would use for any other kind of app. Yeah. You know, the more people engage
4: The more people engage, yeah. The, then the more the, the more
5: whi- that the app is the, the more the more popular the app is, the more advertising it can bring in. The higher profile it can do, the more it can expand. And so they're just going to look at any type of you know interaction as being a plus. Right.
4: The arrow okay. up. So then the so then is the point of the creators, those who create apps or Instagram accounts or other you know whatever whatever elements of creativity. The creativity is less of a byproduct. the 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 goldmine is the information that comes from yep. the creation. Yes,
5: doesn't really matter what the app is. Just that it's it doesn't getting, matter what the
4: beauty is. No, it's or just the getting, No, it's
5: just how much engagement it's getting. Which is why we have the YouTube stars or the uh, TikTok stars we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, who are you know the sisters who are earning you know twenty one million dollars and seventeen million dollars respectively.
4: When they really does, they don't dance that well.
5: But I mean, they're fine
4: they really dancers.
5: Don't I? Don't feel like they do dance that well.
4: Christy showed us that video. They're fine dancers. I mean, it's not like it's Brishnikov or something like that, it's right? Like you know, I mean, you'd see something like that. You know, it's your local karaoke uh, hangout. When you think, right?
5: But they're but but all of the engagement is what
4: sells it. Yeah, I mean, when you see things like that, you know, it doesn't matter. If, remember, do you remember like being a kid and seeing somebody like on, you know a variety show, whether it was, you know, Ed Sullivan or the Gong Show or, you know, you name it. And you as a kid, I would think, I can do that. Do you think that? Well,
5: yeah. And you, know, I'm sure that we have walked into a modern art gallery and thought the same thing.
4: Oh, a hundred times. Oh, a hundred times. Yeah. I mean, you see things in modern art gallery. I remember the uh, first time I uh, I saw like a, a modern art uh, Exhibition and they were like using yarn and twigs. Like, and I thought, well, it's like I have like yarn and twigs, I, I could do that with yarn and twigs, but of course, I can't. I mean, you know, they, they made it right. to like you know, the Pompidou Center, you know, in Paris or whatnot <laughs> is where I saw it. And so, right. I, I don't know, but maybe that's it. Maybe the beauty, I'm sort of getting off the mark here, but beauty, in some ways, is so captivating in some ways, so simple that you would, that the average person would think, well, I'm not looking at like you know. Uh, a Rembrandt and thinking the same thing, obviously. Right.
5: Right. You're looking at, but again, it's what, let me say this. It's a good thing that a modern art gallery isn't, you know, uh, funded by engagement because a lot of the pieces that you would find there are just not accessible to the average art goer. And so it's not like they would be, they wouldn't get a, like,
4: Okay, so what about then the ra- the rise of this new thing? What is it? The uh, the uh, what's it? NSF or um, you know the
5: non fungible token. Yeah, NFT.
4: And I mean, <laughs> NSF. I think it's an insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, right? The non fundable token, which to me fungible. is just more ridiculousness. Yes. It's more like cryptocurrency. You know, just it is.
5: You're like stupidity. buying a digital artifact.
4: Who cares, right? That's more the same stuff. I mean everything just seems hokey or or, you know. Or it seems
5: it seems like overly engineered. Like really, like we have to we have to buy that.
4: What I'm just but look, we, we started the conversation talking about people going somewhere. Say your heart is broken, and you know, you for whatever reason, and that's a whole other conversation, you choose to engage in a prayer app. I mean, better that you were with your friends or with your church community. But what community? if you
5: can't be with your I friends? get that,
4: okay? But so then in your brokenness or in your desire to engage with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and the believers in that, you go to this prayer app. And all of a sudden, the beauty is in the creation of your prayer as you're pouring out to God. But then someone is going, fine, fine, keep going. That's just, yeah, because I'm taking that information and I'm going to use it for cash. I mean… It, <sighs>
5: It's I know that there's something really untoward about that. I agree. I agree. But all those app developers that we talked to Daniel Silliman from Christianity Today about a couple of weeks ago, that's just what they're doing. They're just looking at a prayer app as something that is a, a new way for them to, you know, to cash in. And well, look, we've it's, got a, it's friend. a new motive. I shouldn't. That, that seems crass. It's a new motive investment.
4: We've got a friend who has an app company. He's a believer and he's a creative. Now, clearly, his whole goal is not necessarily just to mine information. I, I don't believe that.
5: Right. I'm sure you're absolutely, I know who you're talking about, and I agree with you. So people who do these prayer apps are the same way. I'm not Wait, saying well, I'm sorry, they, have, broke up again they might broke up not again. have ulterior motive. I'm sorry. They might not have ulterior motives, the people who are operating these prayer apps either, because we don't know who they are.
4: Well, they're selling <laughs> but, it in the end. But the, rea-
5: but the reality is that they're selling data and engagement. And so regardless of what your product is, as long as you're selling data and engagement, then you know this is the world for you.
4: Yeah, I guess. Anyway, I mean, I don't want my prayers to be used for gain and profit. I just don't. So I choose to go into my closet. Right?
5: It's not a bad idea
4: just to go into your prayer. Do you have a prayer closet?
5: I don't have a prayer closet. Have I do have a closet. I've never prayed you? in the I don't think I've ever never prayed, prayed in it. a closet.
4: No. Never prayed in your closet. Christy, would you pray in a closet?
5: Um, Probably.
4: But you don't have one at, at your I, disposal. I,
14: the apartment's not big enough for <laughs> for that.
4: <laughs> I got shoes. She doesn't in have that a closet. stove, John. I don't have any room for a prayer closet, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I love the idea of people having, you know, specific designated spaces that they do pray. That's, that's so beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But just don't do it online. Should we take a break?
5: Yeah, let's take a
4: break. All right, let's go ahead.
5: When we come back, the New Mexico governor has just signed on to do something really amazing. And the only reason why is because there was nobody else to do it. We'll talk about it next. All right, home.
1: McQueen Building Company.
5: are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said, but all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com
11: or at 724-884-1496. Let me ask you, what does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future, surrounded by the people you love the most. So what's in the way of you believing it's possible for you to have it? Are you believing the lie that you are meant to be alone? Or maybe you don't know what a Christian romance should look like or where to find it. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman, and I invite you to join me in my free married in 12 months challenge where you will discover your heart's desire of a loving marriage. In this challenge, I'll teach you why now's your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you married, the biblical law of attraction and the tools to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com and you can start your journey to find that lasting, loving relationship now. Join me at lovestories.com.
7: Get smarter every day at ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama or maybe the next LeBron James. Try ozy.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some.
6: We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com. The Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
4: For students across the country, staffing shortages caused by the Omicron variant have been again upending the school year. Now, to help fill the void, some people are finding new ways to pitch in, including. The governor of the state of New Mexico, Michelle Grisham, who has had no previous experience in education, plans to work double duty when she reported and became a licensed volunteer substitute teacher in an elementary classroom in New Mexico. OK, today. wait, so the
5: governor of the state. Yes. Is
4: substitute teaching a licensed volunteer substitute teacher. The news came after the governor last week called on state workers and National Guard troops to become licensed substitute teachers and child care workers. The goal, according to the governor's office, uh, is to help keep child care and schools from shutting down amid the latest surge. So far this month, 60 of the 146 school districts in New Mexico have been forced to shift remote learning because of staffing shortages, and 75 child care centers have partially or completely closed because of this. So the governor is leading by example saying, you can sign up and do this, take a quick test, you'll be certified, Uh, you've got to go through a criminal background check, and then you're good to go. I like it.
6: I love it.
5: I really do. I mean, I know the governor has lots of important tasks in any state, but just leadership wise, to see somebody who's not required to do that, and sees a need and decides that they're going to fill it is so inspiring to people around them. It's just, I think it's a wonderful thing.
4: Here's the thing, though. The governor has, um, I'm sure, as all governors do, she's got a security detail.
5: Okay. But so they're coming to second grade?
4: Well, don't you think you'd feel good if, you know, you, you were in some of the schools and you go, hey, man, there's all this craziness around here. I need some security around here. The governor feels pretty safe. And
5: all the parents would feel safe too, without a doubt. It's great. I just love it. I really, yeah. really love that. Would this you is... do that? Yes, sure. I would do that.
4: It'd be hard to be in a classroom. God bless the teachers. Oh,
5: it'd be very hard. But oh, when, I would God. I would do it if if there was a need that you know if there was a need at my local school and I knew about it, I would do it.
4: I, I don't think I could be in a classroom.
5: Huh? Really? I think
4: I just think it's so difficult.
5: Oh, it's. I'm not. I hope by me saying I would do it doesn't. I'm not giving off the impression I think it's easy.
4: No, I'm sure you know. I, I mean, I appreciate your willingness to do it, but you know, to just like you know the average person, you and I. I mean, uh, boy, I, I don't know what's what the expectation. You there have to be somebody there to help you along. What, what kind of learning would take place if I showed up in a classroom?
5: Listen, you have no idea, John, what is going on in schools across the country. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, there are principals who are working as teachers. There are uh, teachers that are becoming emergency certified and things that they're not certified in simply because Mm -hmm. there aren't enough people. There are not enough people right now.
4: If you were going to teach a class, what would your subject be?
5: Well, John, I think I would teach English. 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 Uh, And I could probably teach social studies. And beyond that, Head for the
4: hills. I would uh, choose uh, history and a typing class.
5: <laughs> Christy, would you choose, if you had to teach, uh, tell us what subject, please. Does band count as a subject?
4: Band. Yes. Yeah, we need a band teacher.
14: Listen, I can play like five or six instruments, so that, Wait, would, be, whoa. that would be my go-to. Uh, pardon me, but I don't think we knew this. Hold on. So sorry. For, for a short second, I was a music major. What? Wait a minute. What
5: instruments do you play?
14: Flute, clarinet, guitar, piano, and I've like dabbled on the um baritone. What? Yeah.
4: For, you've been our producer for months. <laughs>
14: How did we not know this? How
4: did we not We got a musical was, prodigy in our midst. She was no. she was keeping this from us.
14: I don't she like She didn't the, want us to like know. The, no, I don't like to bring it up.
4: Were you in band? Where do you, pl-
14: yes. where, do you where do you play? Oh, so Nowhere knows. anymore. I mean, I have my guitar. Uh, but you know i don't have a once i moved out i lost the little keyboard and once i like graduated college i lost the piano
4: was it at your parents house
14: yeah you know they have like the little keyboardy things
4: why don't they just give it to you
14: where am i gonna put well, it i think and there's no room i think you're basement. getting involved in somebody
5: else's issue john maybe <laughs> maybe not mediate her issues with her mom and dad about
4: <laughs> all of a sudden i've inserted myself <laughs> in the family of, hey mom <laughs> Just give her the piano. I know. I'll be getting an email this evening. I'm sure. My Christy, apologies ahead of Christy, time,
5: Christy. We need you to play. You need Wait, to be playing.
4: I want to see Christy like run a run a band camp. Would that be I, cool?
5: I, I, I want to see her play the baritone sax. She
4: probably one could. Of my I lessons. bet you she could. That's a whole other skill set we got there with Christy, our producer, running a summer band camp.
5: You never played violin or cello. No. Why not that? Huh? I, I
14: didn't wind, dabble in any in the of the strings.
5: I didn't.
4: She played Boy. guitar. So if you can play guitar, you can play the ukulele Slightly. as well.
5: You
14: hmm? Probably.
4: No. <laughs> much maligned, the ukulele. I uh-huh. think the
5: ukulele might be a little overused. What do you think?
4: Not nearly as much as the kazoo. <laughs> 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 Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Say your prayers. The Ride Home
3: with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.